myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Is a leaving for Las Vegas, leaving for Las Vegas. This bright light city ain't gonna change this team. They're still gonna suck some ass. They got a whole lot of holes to fill and not in a good way. Let's see if their fortunes will turn. Oh, they're gonna give it everything they got. They hope the move might make them red hot. Hope they shoot a seven with every shot now. The A's are leaving for Las Vegas. Leaving for Vegas. Leaving. Leaving for Las Vegas. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael, and singing some Elvis. That's like the 80th time. What up? (laughs) Steve Ford. Going to fi- uh, go on a kick here, man. I'm telling you, I think like five of the last six have been some Elvis songs. So you know, you don't like Elvis, do you? <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. Not like I have a extensive vinyl collection of Elvis and uh, listen to his Sirius XM channel pretty much all the time in my car. But yeah. or do your hair like Elvis every day, or wear his uh, coat totally. just like <laughs> totally? I I pattern my house to look like the Jungle Room. There you go. Yep. Yep. There you go. And so. with the headlines coming in for what Steve was just talking about, the Oakland A's right now are looking to be moving to Las Vegas. I guess they had entered a land purchase agreement with the Red Rock Resort in uh, Paradise, Nevada. It's basically right near the uh, Las Vegas Strip. So they're kind of finalizing their plans to become the Las, the Vegas. Las Vegas A's. <laughs> and it's not the first time they moved, obviously. They now they moved like a whole buttload of times. Yeah, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia A's. A's, Kansas City. Yep. Right. And then Oakland, Oakland of course. And yep. then yep. here we are. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, you kind of feel, well, it's kind of funny. It's kind of sad because you do feel bad for the A's fans because the A's have been kind of a, I mean, they've, they've had good teams in the past. I mean, they're in baseball history, obviously. Yep. They're not one of those teams that, just suck ass the whole time, and it was like, thank God you guys are moving on. I mean, right. the only thing that makes Oakland bad is the owner, really. I mean, yep. that's exactly that's just kind of how it is. And obviously, with Rob Manfred not being able to man up and tell John Fisher, who is the majority owner, owns the majority stake in the Oakland A's, to say, why don't you do better? <laughs> Give them <laughs> a winning franchise or maybe sell the team to somebody that can actually put it up. Uh, I was looking at their estimated how much the Oakland A's are worth right now, and their estimated net worth is around two point four billion. Which, really? yeah, which is kind of interesting. But I'm sure once they move to Vegas, they'll probably be even more, yeah, more expensive, or they'll they'll be a little bit. They'll their value will be more just because I'm sure when you get there, you have to take account to uh, into account where they're living. So I'm sure right. That value will go up just because Vegas is kind of the hot commodity. I mean, that's why Oakland, the Oakland Raiders moved, and and you're probably going to see teams. I'm sure you're going to see an NBA team out in Las Vegas yep. uh, within the next ten years, and maybe and there. I mean, hockey's already out there as well, so and they're doing very well. So this is actually a very smart move by the Oakland A's. I agree. I agree. You know, it's a, it's a 
it's a storied franchise. You know, they, like we said, they moved a few times, but they've won nine World Series championships. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's the, yeah, the athletics. But but this year, it's another forgotten year. They're six and twenty-three. I think they're being outscored by about six thousand runs. Uh, <laughs> um, and who knows? With the move, maybe the new Las Vegas A's, whenever that comes, will be a betting favorite on Bovada Sportsbook.com because right now. They are just not at all and haven't been for a very long time. I agree. But maybe the change in scenery hopefully will do yeah. it. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do them good because fans aren't coming to the Coliseum. They're not. And the Coliseum's kind of a thing of the past. Yeah. It's yep. it's kind of breaking down. They're basically putting yep. duct tape on everything. Yeah. Just uh it's a stadium that's been around for God, I, I've been looking yeah. here since nineteen sixty six. Okay. So yeah. uh, it, it's definitely an older stadium and nope. uh, it, they're just looking at potentially moving on. And I understand because Oakland itself is not really part of San Francisco. Like when you go into San Francisco, obviously it's a little bit, you get the tech community and you have, yep. it's a little bit wealthier where Oakland, we as you go South and you have Oakland, Oakland's more, they're not, that community is not going to, raised money for a new ballpark no so and i think john john fisher the owner of the a's actually knows that so he's looking at it from a standpoint well let's maybe we can make more money maybe we can do a little bit better going to vegas but i hope that was his pitch when he decided he was wanting to move and he was telling introduced that to the league of him moving i hope he introduced him saying hey we're actually going to become a better franchise yep because I'm all for it if it's a better franchise, but yeah. if it's the same dog shit you're Vegas seeing, suck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When it's if it's the same fucking dog shit you're seeing right now, God. where Brett Rooker's your star. <laughs> I had Rooker on my team for a while, actually. I think everybody has. Yeah, yeah. yeah we passed Rooker around a lot. He had a, he had a cup of coffee with the crazy train for a bit. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, we rag on the Pittsburgh Pirates, but I think the Oakland A's are right up there. The only thing that makes the Oakland A's relevant is actually they have a have had a winning record in the last 20, 20, 20 23 right. years. They've they had actually a nice been stretch there in the hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You know, twenty yeah. you know, tens even. You know, those battles with the Tigers were fun in 2012, 2013. Right. You know, those uh, division series that went five games, and you know, they made they made the playoffs in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah, it's not like Pittsburgh where it's been a endless circle of crap right i mean the a's have found new ways to win and obviously right. Christ, they had to invent a whole new way of playing the game mm-hmm. with Moneyball in the front yep. office just in order to compete and, and while yep. that has left a mark in baseball forever it also leaves the a's still not a good baseball team i mean right. especially when everybody else is doing Moneyball and you're trying you still got to pay players you still got to yep. have some talent and once they traded away olsen and chapman that was kind of it I mean, yep, we like, kind of time for a new regime. It's the Rooker yeah. regime right here. All right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you knew you knew it was kind of on the wall after that point. So, I, I mean, I like the move. I think Vegas makes a lot of sense. Uh, I grew up with them being in Oakland, but it's not like I've ever attended a fucking game or anything. No, no. Yeah, I'm not um, gonna cry. I'm not gonna cry when they close the Coliseum. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And they claim it's not the population or the TV market size of why they're moving. I mean, I think at this point they're they look at it as the potential to grow because it is becoming a sports community. Vegas is becoming a sports community. And now that you have sports betting making their way into or have made their way into sports, I think this puts them at the epicenter of all of that. So 
And, and they see the success that, I mean, the, the community has embraced the Raiders. The community has embraced the Golden Knights. So, oh, yeah, definitely. To me, it's a no brainer. I would have done the same thing, but it just sucks because they, he, John Fisher and that, that whoever, the rest of the owners, the people who own the Oakland A's, never gave anything back to Oakland in no. the last decades and decades. So nope. Nope. it's kind of sad that they're going out. They're kind of going out very, uh, <laughs> very sour. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fart in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. It's and fans. Fans have been protesting. I mean, they've had yeah. fans walk out of games, which is, I always thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, well, the real paid for the ticket. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> it's like, it's, just enjoy the game. I had, a, I had a friend once and he was one time he was at a job, right? Mm-hmm. And he got, he knew he was getting fired. He ended up getting, he, he was getting let go of the job as soon as he walked out of the bathroom. He just knew it was going to happen. So he decided to take his shit and leave it in, in there without flushing and not wipe his ass. And I whoa, said, whoa, I said whoa. yeah, I know. That's a game changer. He goes, I didn't even wipe my ass. He was telling me the story. I'm like, dude, that hurts you more than it hurts yeah, them. You're the dude, one walking you're out. You're going to get a rash, man. You're the that, one that, walking out with mud butt. Yeah, exactly. That that shit's going to con- continue with you. Now, I love the the, the form of uh, uh of the FU with leaving the dump in the toilet. That's great and all. But you know what? What I would have, you know, smear it around and then wash your hands, but at least still wipe your butt. All right? Yeah. You know, come on, guy. Yeah, I mean, do better at life. Do do better, all right. But um, same thing with you, Oakland A's. <laughs> same thing with you, Oakland A's. So it's kind of a sad move. You hate to see it. Of all the legends they've had, kind of go through Oakland. Obviously, Ricky Henderson being one of the greatest, yep. Reggie and Jackson. Reggie Jackson, Vita Blue. I mean, you could yeah, you could Schoener, go. Oh, Raleigh come on, Fingers. man. Yeah, Raleigh Fingers, Jose Canseco to an extent, Mark Wire. Tejada to a certain extent yeah. and, and yeah. some of those guys it's it's been a fun ride but uh, it's, yeah it's been a, it's, it's been a good ride how about David Justice right next <laughs> and it's just once after the Ricky Henderson era that's when they kind of were well let's let's just pull back on paying people good money and yep uh, and that's why when Jason Giambi came and he was a big thing and once he yep. left it was kind of him and Henderson and all those guys it was Kind of a different Oakland A's baseball. So yeah, so Vegas baseball in Vegas is is pretty interesting. But but the train moves on, right? The train moves yep, on. Yep. I'm happy this week. I'm actually oh boy over the moon happy okay, this week. Okay. Okay. Lighting candles because oh yeah, hundred percent because oh, yeah. I'm in a more chipper mood than usual, Steve. And can you guess why? Um, you won last week. Well, yes, that's definitely. Okay definitely helps uh, it, well going with the theme is it because your your fantasy team's gonna be better yes you're getting uh, close I, i'm getting close all right all right so so you get getting some horses back in the race i am i'm getting okay yeah so who, who, who's coming back so i got i got bryce harper returning for me okay um, so a, a ninth tenth round pickup and then mm-hmm. uh and tim anderson tim anderson's coming back from the il and what a what a, a tip of the cap, I'd say, to modern medicine, because, you know, <laughs> putting your team aside here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it, Bryce Harper had the Tommy John surgery, what, November, right? November, yeah. Yeah, right after the World Series, right? Yep. You know, if I was to say, go to BovadaSportsBook.com, and I said to myself, is Bryce Harper going to be back by early May? I'd have been like, hell no, but... He's just uh, amazing uh, bounce back. Good on him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you know, he's he's not he's just strictly hitting, right? Um, yeah, he's strictly hitting. I, I don't even know, think they're putting him in the field. They're probably going to try him first base later in the year, okay. but you know, yeah. different different muscles to hit than it is to pitch. So obviously, you're going to get back a little bit sooner. But to to be back within, you know, what is that? Six months, seven yeah, uh, months, one hundred and sixty days. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> one hundred and sixty days, which actually is the third quickest. I think the person who's came back the quickest. Oh, they had it. I think it was Tony Womack, and he okay. came up. Uh, they had There's this a name poll. Oh, right. Uh, they they had a stats, and it was Carl Crawford was on there. <laughs> some yeah, some real uh, yeah. journeyman guys, but. Uh, Tony Womack was on the top, and it was, took him 125 or 150 days oh, cool. to come back. And with did he Harper, stay? Did, did it stick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. Nice. Yeah. I forgot who else was on that list, but obviously there were no pitchers. No, Pitching is no. a whole different thing. Whole different ball of wax. But, right but I wonder if you say something happened to where you fucked up. And I don't know how this would happen. Say you're a right-handed pitcher, but you fucked up your, your left side. Your left, yeah. So. If you got Tommy John surgery on your left, even though you don't even use it, use it. would you Did still be allowed to pitch? I would say so because you're not really using the left side. You're using the uh, the right, you know, your right shoulder, arms, all that stuff. Right. Pitch. right. You're not really using your left side. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like if I broke if I broke my arm or something, and uh, uh, going back, you know, how quickly could I go back to office work if I broke my left arm and I write right handed or something? I can still right. type and stuff with my right hand and use my mouse and stuff. So I'd probably come back a lot sooner than if it was like my dominant, you know, dominant hand or something that, that got right. busted. So you know. see now that see that makes sense then because I've noticed in the list that they were showing of the players they they were all f- positional players yeah. and. And it's going to be interesting to see, but when you swing, you're still using, using the you're still using both sides of your body. You're still using right. both arms, both elbows, both shoulders, everything. So, but I guess the fact that he's predominantly right-handed, right? Mm-hmm. So I, yep. I get well, I'm saying Bryce Harper. I guess right. that's the point that they're saying. Well, that isn't a, that big of a deal because he's not putting as much stress on it. So I mean, he, he, I'm he sorry. Said, he bats yeah. left. He bats less. He, bat, he throws he bats, right. Bats, so, okay. so maybe I, I guess that's just what yeah. they're going to do. But he ended up putting out a tweet saying that he's ready to return. And basically he's, he's ready to join kind of a, a very him tweet. And with this picture, I think it was on Instagram. I very, think very, very full of himself. Tweet. Very full of himself. Tweet. Yeah. It couldn't come at a better time for the athletics. I'm sure. As well, because you and I have talked about yeah, what I they hope need. They're not pushing back too too soon. We talked. Well, we about said that last week. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if they did, I mean, that's oof. wow. I mean, it, it is kind of a gamble, back. but yeah. and I always wonder just because they're not doing good, if that's the reason mm-hmm. why they're going to bring him back. Because I can tell you right now, Tim Anderson, they don't uh, with the White Sox, they don't have time yeah. for him to try to get better. I mean, it yeah. was. Let's hurry up and get the gist of this. We need you back, pal. Because we need you we're, back. We're eight. We're eight and twenty-one. Oh, <laughs> our season's fading real fast. Gross. I was going to. I'm going to send you something after the show. Okay. And for copyright pers- purposes, we can't put it on our show. But there was this caller that uh, called into a, a Chicago radio show, oh yeah. and he gave the most beautiful fucking rant of the Chicago White Sox that you can. Ken Williams in oh, that front office, Rick Hahn, and those guys. Oh, uh, he Look gave the most beautiful rant and they just let him go for like 10 <laughs> minutes, man. 
Was and, it Valenti? <laughs> practically. And the guy was just, he says, I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, which, you know, that's from a fan that's hurts. And he yep. goes, and I'm sad just because this is what you have and what have you. I mean, Chicago's so bad, dude. I mean, I'm fully off the wagon now. Oh, I, man. I just one month in, he's calling it. I mean, I gotta be, man. I mean, they uh, Lou, uh, Lou Bob just got fucking benched. For yeah, not, for not for not hustling, right? For not hustling. Right? Eler Jimenez was day to day again. You see that? Yeah, yeah. He got hurt, fucking putting on his pants or something. So, <laughs> man, this team is just—it's so bad. Dylan Cease is the only thing. Yep, that and Tim it. Anderson are the only yep. things worth that are salvageable yeah. in this. And we'll talk about Tim Anderson, why he could be salvageable later on. But Tim Anderson comes back from from his injury and it's at a good time. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's within good yeah. time because right now they are competing yeah. with the Royals as Royals the worst dead last. Yeah. Yeah. It's saying something. I mean, we know our team sucks, but at least we have a comfortable cushion between uh third and fourth right now between the Tigers and the White Sox. Right. For central division. Yeah. So that's saying something right there. Uh, and it's uh, tricky. It was Detroit a neat. Tigers are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That says something right there. You're going to say because the Detroit Tigers are doing better than you. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is wild to think about. It it's is. it's a crazy thing. I've, wa- I've watched our team. We suck. And we suck. <laughs> I mean, there's times where we look good, but it, yeah. you know, it's fleeting and it's not right. real. Uh-huh. Uh, but when your team is worse than the Tigers and I'm I, and shame on Kansas City, too. All those young guys and not any of them are doing anything. It's just. No. I mean, I'm looking at people like Brady Singer, who was supposed to be their big ace. Yeah. And this guy, the last three seasons since he's been with them, has just not really. He looks a little better, but he's still kind of dog shit right now. You want to talk about home field advantage? You know what the Royals record is at home? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I see it right there. Yeah. One in 12. That's gross. That's gross. They have the the worst. You that bad at home? The worst home record in all of baseball. I mean, the yeah. A's are three and twelve, and <laughs> that's not much that's better. Saying, so, yeah. Oh, how the that's, hell do you? Uh, that's terrible. That's gross. I hate seeing that. Yeah. So oh. the White Sox suck. I think they made yeah. a safe hire with Griff Oil there, yep. and it's just not working as good. It might they might turn it around, but with all these people that yeah. they acquired in the trades and what have yep. you, it's just. To find out Tim Anderson, the guy that was the homegrown guy, yep. is your best player, <laughs> speaks mountains. Volumes. Yeah, yeah speaks volumes, just how bad this organization is. And, and you kind of feel for him, too, because as a Tiger fan, you're kind of yep. like, well, we know what it's like to draft high and get nobody. <laughs> nobody. As you dropped Riley Green from your team, uh, uh, this week I saw oh, bro, I had to. <laughs> I have I mean so inconsistent and yep. I just yeah, I just I can't go into another rant about these guys, but <laughs> I, I tell you, man, it's for for the White Sox, they had need Tim Anderson back so bad, not just mm-hmm. for his play, but his leadership. Yep. Uh, the guy's 29 years old. He's literally their best position player. Dylan Cease is the, a guy you thought anybody thought would not be as good as Lucas Giolito, who's been an nope. absolute fucking Holy shit show. Crap. Yeah, he, he's, yeah, like a, yeah. It, a diaper right there. Bro, and if I were to go on Bavada and at the beginning of the year say, oh, 
who am I going to bet on to have a great seasons? I would have put Philly up there. And of course I would have put the Chicago White Sox up there because just the rosters alone look amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah, would be an easy bet. Another sandwich, Lance Land. All right. Oh, all right. and it's the you fact know. that they're not doing anything. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. And it's not saying Philly's a total dumpster fire. I mean, they're right. bad. They're not taking as massive of a shit as, say, the Yankees are. We'll get into just, them later here. Oh, with how they're, they're just for they're dead last. Oh, bro. I mean, if, to say yeah. so, to say that though, they're fifteen and fifteen, but still in that competitive AL East, they're dead last. Eight and a half games out of first. Right. Um, you know, we wouldn't have thought that to start the season when we were doing our predictions. Here bro, they're the going, Yankees. they're getting like major. They keep going in these losing streaks. Win one, yep. lose four. Yep. Win one, win two, lose six. You well, know what I mean? Lost it's, Aaron Judge for a bit. And now they lost Aaron Judge. The heart and and Aaron Judge is pretty much their offense. Yeah. <laughs> bro, know? it's going to be fucking interesting how this all yeah. shakes out. And Philly, I mean, Philly's in the mix. I mean, they're still. I mean, they're four and a half games out of first, but obviously the Braves are going to pull away, and I can see right. the Mets taking off too, and obviously the Marlins, blah blah blah. But, uh, but them needing Bryce Harper back is totally essential to this to this team, and I think, and you and I have said this uh, a few episodes ago, where Bryce is Batman and Trey Turner's Robin. Right. Trey Turner has been the Robin of every team he's been on. Right. Right. Oh, and and did you hear the news that the Dodgers didn't even offer Trey Turner a contract? What? Yeah, so no, it I just did not came out. That. It came out yesterday. I, I think Bleacher Report broke it, but I could be wrong. Don't hold me oh, to that. Oh. So when when free agency came around for, yeah. they didn't even offer to resign Trey Turner. Are you serious? That could mean two. There's two reasons I think they did that. Yeah. Can you guess one of them? It can't be well financials, maybe. Because they're already paying bets and uh, Freeman. I mean, that's yeah. true. I mean, yeah. technically, that's true. But I think. It's because they're saving money for Otani. Ooh, oh, a little silver lining here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, th- I think they're saving money for Otani. Make the push. Yeah. And the other reason is I don't think Trey Turner wanted to be with him in the long run. I, I don't think because, he Because he's more of a, you know, I mean, he came from Washington, you know, you know, maybe the East Coast, West Coast thing or something. I mean, it totally could be. He's a Florida native. Uh, this is a guy who has always been just uh, uh, an East Coast guy. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. So I don't know, man. I mean, I think at this point, um, there was between them saving money and them him not maybe wanting to stay. Yeah. I think he just saw it and was like, "All right, fuck All right. it, I'm gone. I'm gone." I mean, yeah. uh, you think that it, at least they could have tried to work on something. You know, with what he was able to give the team those last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, just you know, put the, put the talks out there. I mean, I would you know, see, see see if see what you can do. Yeah, I mean, he won a World Series with it with the team. Exactly. You know? I mean, it's just at least throw something out there, even if it's not yeah. a serious offer. But uh-huh. yeah, he came out and said uh, that he they never offered him anything. Yeah, so, but then, like I said, that just it, it just stinks of them wanting to save money and to just yep. maybe trade Turner didn't want to stay. I mean, he's a, yeah. he's from uh, uh, NC state. That's where right. he went to school. So, mm-hmm. and then you said he played for world. Then he went to Washington. Washington. So maybe just, yeah. and the fact that he went to Phillies, which is another East coast, another team. I mean, East coast that, team, you know, it's I mean, not like a, you know, the Phillies are not like this large, large market team. Maybe he's not, maybe he's more comfortable in a smaller yeah. market team or something, you know, nothing wrong with that and nothing, nope. uh, 
nothing wrong with that at all. So I, I just thought that all that was a little interesting. So yeah. with, with Harper and Tim Anderson coming back, I'm extremely happy for my f- fantasy team one, but two, I think you're going to at least see the Phillies get a little better. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which will be good. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh, get this team gelling like they were last year and hopefully try and make it a, make it a race here, make a push. So, yeah. So, um, have you written a mock draft yet? I have. I've only done. No, good two. for you. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done. Uh, I've only done two this year. Okay. Right off the bat, the best team in baseball is going to be the best team in baseball. Is clearly LSU Tigers. LSU. I mean, yeah. LSU fucking fucks. I mean, they have two guys. We're looking <laughs> at the draft. They have two guys in the who could potentially go on the top ten, which is Ooh. amazing. We're talking back to back, which back to back from the same school hasn't really been talked about since kumar rocker and jack lighter right a few, from a few years ago but uh dylan cruz arguably the best prospect in baseball i fucking mm. wish the tigers could get this guy i've been i've been watching this guy's this guy's tapes i've been writing about this guy since he was in 13u 14u Man, and that, that good, huh? he's really good he's just he's just a slick he's just a slick player uh, I like his tools. He's he's your everyday baseball player. He's the guy. Yeah. He's the Mike Trout. When you're looking at a guy uh, to really represent a sport, you're like, this is the guy. But he could also become Darren Erstad, or he could become, you know what I mean? Some of those yeah. kind of guys. Yep. Maybe like a poor man's Grady Sizemore, but on the floor level, but on the ceiling. I mean, it's. He could do some pretty big things, man. I mean, okay. he could. He has that Mike Trout in him. So, right now the uh, the college uh, baseball rankings came out, and the same usual suspects are in the top five, in the top yeah. ten. LSU number one, uh, number Talk four, to. number four is Florida, and okay. and that's probably where the Tigers are going to be drafting with uh, Wyatt Langford. Wyatt Langford's there, a real good, real good, solid player. A lot of underclassmen too who probably won't be coming into the draft this year, but next year as well. And okay. you have Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's always in the top 10. And and Stanford is number seven. Uh, Arkansas, six. So, okay. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's baseball is going to be pretty fun this year. You have some of the same top teams. No Michigan. You know, I always found it w- interesting with Michigan that, that when they were winning, when they had yeah. the Jordan Brewer on their team and they had, uh, I don't think Cronenworth was on the team, was he? But you had... No. You had, you know, Chris Fetter being yeah. uh, their pitching yeah. coach over there, and that team yeah. really made some moves, and they just couldn't last, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, after that S- year, it was... It. Right. They just couldn't sustain the program. I mean, they're not even... I haven't seen them be in a top 25 list since that team, so really? that, I've always wow. thought that was really interesting. Man. So there's yeah. no chance that Dylan Cruz slips to, like, three and the Tigers get him. You think... Pittsburgh will probably scoop him up. Do you think hey, consensus on number one? Yeah, I mean, or, or if stranger things happen, I no that that could definitely happen. There's a lot yeah. to like. A lot of big hitters in the top of the first round. If we're going to the draft, we're seeing yeah. who's the big sticks. Arguably, your best prep stick, the guy, the high schoolers, is Walter Jenkins. Guy can play third. He can play outfield. I think outfield's where he's going to stick. He's 18 years old. Bats uh, left, throws right. Big guy, six three, still growing. Uh, 205. I love his frame. I love the way I love the way the ball comes off his bat. He has a lot of good exit velocity as a high schooler, which is fucking nuts. Uh, Max Clark is another guy as well, uh, another high schooler. So you know how it goes in these drafts, Steve. I mean, sometimes people fall in love with certain prep guys. They just, I mean, look at last year, Jackson Holiday, Drew Jones. I mean, they they yeah. loved. 
those prep guys. And I can see that happening, but it's really hard to count out somebody like Dylan Cruz, like Paul mm-hmm. Skeens, who, yep. who are at the top of the, who are at the LSU's one and two guys. Paul Skeens right. is a, is a, the right-hand pitcher. Dylan Cruz is an outfielder. They're 21, 20, one's 21, one's 20 respectively. So they're going to fly through the minors. And then you got Wyatt Langford, who I think will probably fall to Detroit. Okay. And he's an outfielder. He's 21. He'll, he's a fast riser. And then you're going to, and there's going to be teams like the Tigers who want to take older guys because they're going to go through the minors a little bit quicker, potentially. Right. So, but yeah. if I, I'm, I'm looking at this latest, uh, latest mock from, uh, I mean, what, what if the Tigers gamble and go with Max Clark and go with a high school guy? I mean, I would be pissed because he, would oh, yeah, be, he's, a year or two behind Jackson Job. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, everybody, the Orioles love and the Orioles love how fast Jackson Holiday is moving through the system yeah. and the Diamondbacks love how fast Drew Jones is moving through the system. Yeah, maybe Max Clark could be that guy. I I I think Max brings a lot to the table, man. I mean, you're talking about like a kid that has a 60 hit and he has a 50 power and he also has a 70 run grade, dude. And his arm, he's... I just he, get nervous with the, the high school guy. Oh, I do too, bro. I mean, it's... um, He's a 5 tool player, but it, without playing any real competition in terms of call, collegiate ball or pro ball, it's hard to see where this kid might go, yep. right? Yep. Or how, how can you trust him? But then, Steve, look at how we also went for the top college prospect with Spencer Torkelson in 2020. Yeah, that's worked out well for us there. Right. Sarcasm. Yeah, and I just (laughs) bro, and it's hard because, well, he didn't play that full season, right? So there's that. You could always blame it on he didn't play a full season. Maybe we could have got a better look at other prospects other than him. So they were basically when the Tigers drafted him, they were going off his 2019 stats and his performance, right? So where this year it's I like I like how how it's a good mix of high school and mm-hmm. and college, but you know how this goes every year. There's going to be guys that make massive leaps, and there's going to yep. be guys that make massive drops. I mean, uh, Yohandi Morales, he's a third baseman for Miami right now. He's yep. around the 23rd ranked uh, draft prospect. I can see him taking a, another leap because he was in the early like rounds a couple years ago, and then they decided well let's not even draft the kid or let's not even put him <laughs> as high as up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, so, yep. so now he, he, is he going to drop or he, could he go? I like Bryce Eldridge, another a good high schooler first base. He's kind of a two way player. You're going to see a lot of two way players and he's going to kind of go up. I sound like Mel fucking Kuiper right now. He's a two way player. He's, he's going to go two- up. And, <laughs> oh man. You know, he's, he's good. Not great. <laughs> this draft is pretty good. I, I think in my early mock, I had Jacob Gonzalez. Going to Detroit okay. out of Mississippi. Okay. He's a shortstop, 20 years old. I like his skills. He's a natural hitter. A natural hitter. Uh, he's not the best in one area when you consider fielding or hitting. I think he's right. good at both. And those are more safe picks, I think. Those are guys that are going to materialize. Yeah. But you know at the top of the draft, it's always that guy that has the max potential. The next yep. superstar. The next guy that's going to just blow your socks off. And that's right. where I think a lot of teams are going to put Max Clark and Walter Jenkins. Yep. So to answer your question in a long-winded way, <laughs> I really do think Dylan Cruz could fall to the Tigers, but he's been the number one prospect for over a year now. But Steve, we've seen that happen with Kumar Rocker yep. in the past yep. where, where he started out and then he just took this drop. It's happened. Look yep. at Marcelo Mayer. Look, nobody thought Henry Davis would be 
It was all about Marcelo Mayer yeah, exactly. and all those guys. Nobody thought Henry Davis would be the number one pick a couple of years yep. ago yep. to Pittsburgh. So one of my favorite pitchers is Chase Dollander, right-handed pitcher out of Tennessee. I bet he will drop. So it's just, it happens, man. So I'm ex- really excited for this draft, just like every fucking year. But uh, if you're going into the draft needing outfielders, this is the draft this to get him in the draft. first round. Uh, it's just plush with outfielders. I mean, for the first three rounds, you're talking about guys in the compensatory rounds who could be easily be top 15 prospects. So Jeez, that, nice. that says something. Yeah, that does. Yep. Man, I'm excited. You got me excited for July. It's still two months away, but still. Yeah. 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 But it's hard too because we're talking about the White Sox who haven't been able to develop their players really well. And we're also talking about the Tigers who haven't been to develop their players very well. So that's, it kind of leaves me kind of bummed about the draft uh, in the the terms of as a Tiger fan because another top five pick that we can't develop. Amen. There you go. (laughs) We can, bro, we can draft high all day long, but if you can't fucking develop them, what good are they? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, by the way we were drafting, if we had a strong development program, we would be competing right now to in in the central as the top. Well, team. they said they some of the tweets I read over the weekend as uh, the Orioles throttled us again. It's night and day difference. We started our rebuild, uh, you know, Orioles and Tigers rebuilds were right around the same time. Yep. Look at where Baltimore is at now because they drafted well, Bro. developed their players compared compared to where the Tigers are at. Amen. Almost uh, identical times to start the rebuild. Orioles are competing in the AL East for the top spots, playoffs, that sort of thing. The Tigers are looking at another top five draft pick. You you hit it on the head, man. (laughs) It's just sad. It's sad that it's like this, but this is the beauty of baseball, right? This is, but it it just shows you, you got to have a strong ownership, which leads to a strong front office, which translates to the field in the long run with coaches and scouts and what have you all. It's all together. I mean, that's, if we learned anything through, some shitty rebuilds of the past. If you learned anything from the uh, the Houston Astros and some of those right. kind of teams, Miami Marlins, even that will yep. show you how your team should be able to um, should be able to develop and play well. I mean, the, the jury's still out on Toronto. I love Toronto, is, but at the yeah. same time, if they don't get out of the first round, if they can't even get to the fucking playoffs. Then that's <laughs> yeah. a failed experiment. That's a failed uh-huh. rebuild. So, yep. in the long run, talking draft is going. Uh, uh, touching on it just one more time real quick. Obviously, I think teams, it's okay to do best player available and shit like that, but I'm if you're a team that needs to win now within the next year or two, you start you draft a college bat to move through the right. minors quick. You don't go for Max Clark, who's going to take a little bit longer. So, yep. Yep. it's... No more, no more projects. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, yeah. if you're a team that's already, you know, if you're a team that's already established themselves as you got winning your windows wide open, go take a pro, you know, go go take a pro, you know, project or something because you you have the time to develop that person and then bring them up when they, you know, and get get yourself better because you're already good. You have a window that's four or five years. You can wait and Absolutely. take that eighteen year old. So Absolutely. That's why I was yep. so devastated, Steve. I hate it's funny we're going into this about Detroit. I was so <laughs> devastated when they chose Jackson Job. Jackson Job. That didn't fit their timeline at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. You know? Yeah. And, and then the next year they made good school, on it. A high school pitching prospect. Yeah, it's exactly what we need right now. Yeah. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. I remember my yeah. dad called me. He's like, "What just happened?" I'm like, "I, I know. I, I don't believe it." We're I remember this- you were. Ever you were texting me? You were like, "Oh man, we're gonna get Marcelo Mayer. This is gonna. It's gonna happen." And then we take Jackson Joe. But even Marcelo Mayer, who was coming up as a high schooler. Yeah, but still, yeah. But yeah. see, it's it wouldn't take him as long to develop no. because he's 
kind of pro ready. So I'd say three years, yeah. what have you. I probably wouldn't have been so geeked, but by the way the draft was kind of shaping out, I was like, okay, well, we can at least get Marcelo Mayer. But no, you're going to go for yeah. a pitcher. And we already <laughs> know by just Matt Manning alone and Alex Fiedo, we can't develop we can't a pitcher develop to save our fucking save life. Her. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just because how long they've spent in the minors to this day. Yeah. Casey Mize, uh-huh. they flew through the minors for no, unjustified too. I, yep. And, yeah, um, exactly. And yeah, Tariq he wasn't was lighting the world on fire. <laughs> oh, bro, no. And Tariq Skubal, who was doing very well in the minors, earned his top status uh, as being a top yep. prospect and injuries derailed and all that. Himself. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, bro, it's just Jackson Job. You're going to tell me Jackson Job. So if you're a team going into this draft and you're not going to take best player available, you're going to take what it's all about timelines. What yep. fits for your timeline? If I'm a, the White Sox, I got to try to, I don't want to go full rebuild. So I'm going to try to yep. save the sinking ship. So I'm going to grab a guy that like a Wyatt Langford, like a, you know, like a Jacob Wilson or an Enrique Bradfield Jr. Outfielder out of Vander- Vanderbilt because they'll go through the minors a little faster. I'm not going to take my yep. chances on Walter Jenkins, who's going to take a few years. And <laughs> yeah. what's good is that going to do us when we blow up the whole goddamn thing? So exactly. All right. I got to go. And back. rant over. All right. <laughs> I got I to count to 10 here. <laughs> well, Jackson Job's going to be great. He's going to come back next year after surgery and just be as great as ever, right? Yeah. I know when you told me, and you're the one that told dude, me that. Oh, you're like, oh, he, he has kind of like what Casey Mize says. I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah, dude. I'm like, oh my God, the guy's not even 21 yet. 20. He's named 20 nope. yet. Nope. Oh There's God. very little chance he's pitching at all this year. So, yeah. So in talking the landscape, the financial landscape yeah. of the league, I think there's always that deal, one deal every decade that changes yep. the financial landscape of the whole league. And it's going to happen this year. I th- I just feel it in my bones. I think it's going to be the Shohei Otani trade. I think that's oh, yeah. coming sooner than later because right now, even though the Angels aren't out of it, I think they're third right now. Yeah, the they're two and a half games out of first, one game out of a wild card. Series. And they, hey, bro, they could potentially do it. But say they don't do it. Say they are out after All Star break or shortly there before, or just say they're out like they normally are. Right. You would assume that. They would say, okay, let's be sellers because we're kind of on the last of it here with Shohei Otani and let's get something because he won't stay. Let's right. trade him. Not, not, and teams, and you and I will lay out this landscape even further. Um, there's teams that are not looking for a rental, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they could be potentially if push comes to shove just to get that instant World Series, yep. hopefully. But a lot of teams would be like, wow, um, we need him more than that. But uh, Angel's owner this year came out and said, I think back in March, he says he'll keep he'll keep Shohei Otani as long as the team is competing. Now, reading that article and reading those that quote, that shows me he's open to trading Otani oh, if they're yeah. not going to compete. Why would you right. put it in terms of like, like that? Yep. Yeah, yeah. If they wanted to keep him long term, they'd say, we are working on a deal right now. He's our 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 future with the Angels. Him and Mike Trout. That's the uh, the building blocks we want to go on, and not right. the well. If we're competing, we'll keep him around. If not, then that pretty much means all right. Well, if you're out of it, you're open for business. So. You're done, right? Yep. So, yep. Steve and I thought it'd be fun to kind of, and we're probably going to have this later on in the year when these talks heat yeah. up. But Steve, right. let's do some hypothetical trades for Shohei Otani, well, man. Let's, let's get our G, let's get our GM hats on. Yeah, so we're going to do Shohei Otani, but we thought we'd also mix in a couple early hypothetical trades. Sure. Players we feel 
are probably going to be on the deadline come trade deadline. We could do some back and forth here. Steve, kick us off, man. Give us a player. Give us what kind of trade you're thinking for that player that you feel is going to be out during the trade deadline. So yeah, I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to the Bronx here. All right. Mm. Um, And uh, you go with the Yankees. Uh, The Yankees are stinking right now. They're 15 and 15. Judge is on the IL. You know, they said it. Judge has pretty much been their offense. No one else has really come to the table to, to step up with Judge. So uh, I think uh, push comes to shove, they're going to move Glaber Torres to try and get some pieces uh, pieces around, maybe get a, a, a major league ready guy and a prospect or something. So I'm going with Glaber Torres leaves uh, the Bronx and heads to the Phillies. And uh, in return, the Yankees get back Scott Kingery. It's a nice little utility uh, you know, to play around the field. Absolutely. And then the Phillies' 13th best prospect, Jordan Viars. So you're not going to get a haul. It's Labor Torres. I got batting like a buck for, or 245 right now on the season. So you're not going to get like massive hauls, but you'll get a nice utility everyday person you can plug in the lineup and then a, a so-so prospect. So uh, that that's my that's my first my number three scenario trade there. So do you think that okay? Now if they did the Labor Torres trade, do you think that trade becomes easier for them because they have Anthony Volpe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, he's not lighting the world on fire, but he will potentially. But he will eventually. Right. I mean, you'd hope so. But, you know, they, they've tried, you know, Glaber's been in the league here, uh, you know, since 2018 and he hasn't been, you know, he had great start 2018, 2019. He was fantastic. But then 2020 was a shortened season. He stunk. 2021, he stunk. Twenty twenty two is okay. Twenty four home runs, but he's he's kicking off. He stinks. You know he's not doing well at all. Only four home runs, ten RBIs, and a two forty five average. So, mm. yeah. Well, and I think it's an even trade for the most part because you're getting a guy, Jordan Viers, Veers. You know the guy pretty much is he's not he has consistency problems, but he's very good in right. the field. But when he does yeah. hit, he can rake. I mean the dude right. has a great hit power, hit tool power, or hit power tool so mm-hmm. um and he kind of reminds me of a dj peters but probably a little bit better so definitely an even yeah. trade i love it man absolutely yeah what are you uh what, what's one of your scenarios here well uh i think if the cardinals go the way they're gonna go i think they're just going to try to trade one of their outfielders because they have so many of them i mean you have jordan you have jordan walker rookie jordan walker who's playing amazing well, kind yeah. of. He's playing good. He has his ups and downs like the rest of them. But I think in the long term, he's going to be a very good player. Mm-hmm. And you have Tyler O'Neill. You have Lars Newtbar. You have yep. Tyler O'Neill. What does that say? That's that's a crowded outfield. Yeah. So yep. I think, and it's been kind of hinted at for a while, but I think Tyler O'Neill is going to be traded eventually, Steve. I, Ooh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. And St. Louis needs pitchers. You and I have said it. Dude, dude. yeah, if Miles Michaelis is your ace, yeah. you got a problem here. All right. Yeah. But, <laughs> The kick is up. <laughs> the kick is up. All right. Takes off. You know what? Turns out his mustache isn't even real. All right. Yeah. Let's be honest here. Yeah. He like rips it off. You he know like what? Rip- Fuck you guys. They right look at him. Oh, what? <laughs> that wasn't real the whole time. <laughs> so I think uh, a good trade. And then he's not going to have a plenty of suitors this year. I mean, the guy's right. well under 250. Yeah. Uh, he's not driving in the RBIs. He's, they put him on really a lot on the bottom of the lineup, which is Kind of shocking, but at the same time, I can see why. But he just doesn't look the same. But I think he'll find his groove, and there's still some value there. And I think, essentially, they'll look to trade Tyler O'Neill to the Dodgers. Okay. Uh, Now, the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers need more bats. I watch a lot of their games because when I, after I'm done working for the day and after I'm done 
errands or whatever I'm yep. doing with film or writing or what have you, I like to watch baseball, right? I'll yeah. keep it on or the game I'll actually get to watch is usually a late game, which is usually the Dodgers. Right. And what I found out about them is they need more hitters. I just, yeah. obviously it's been David Peralta, ain't it, man? Trace Thompson, ain't <laughs> it? not. <laughs> I mean, the only way you have worth good in the outfield is, is James Outman. Oh, uh, okay. That's and we all know Mookie's playing shortstop now. Shortstop. So, no, yeah. <laughs> so that kind of leaves uh, a hitless outfield for the most part. So, anyways, in simple terms, Tyler O'Neill, and then there are number 11th prospect, Joshua Baez, another guy with a lot of power. His hit ability is a little inconsistent, but he's developing pretty nice. Tyler O'Neill and their number 11 prospect to the Dodgers okay. or uh, right hand pitcher Dustin May, and okay. their number 14th prospect, Emmett. Emmett Sheehan, who's a uh, another right-handed pitcher. So basically, mm-hmm. there would just they'd be trading fielders for pitchers, yep. fielders for pitchers. Yep. We we all like Dustin May, the ginger with long hair, the ginger with no soul. We, My uh, man, carrot top, right there. Yep. <laughs> I think he's going to get better. I think he's been better after his surgery and after coming back, he looks pretty good. Uh, he's not star status yet, but I still think he's trying to figure it out. But I think that's a guy you could put at the back half of your rotation. Bring up Matt Libatori. The Cardinals can do that with their and with their farm system. They can have a good one-two punch in the back end while keeping Jack Flaherty in the middle, and then yep. maybe Jordan Montgomery at the top, uh, the top a little bit more, and then maybe trade or uh, hopefully one of your prospects kind of develops better. But anyways, yep. yeah, Tyler O'Neill and Joshua Baez, number eleven prospect to the Dodgers for Dustin May and number fourteen prospect, a good uh, right-handed pitcher and Emmett Sheehan. Yeah, I like that. It'll be Dustin May. Uh, I have him on my my fantasy team this year, and he's been he's been the model of consistency. He's, he's right. something that can can even out that uh, that uh, Cardinals pitching rotation. So I'd be uh, I, I like this kind of like a Doug Fister on the back at yeah. the back end of a yeah. rotation. He does really good. I don't know what he would look like on the front half of that rotation, but he's still yeah, fucking young. Might be too much on him. Yeah, it might be, know. man. But you know, he's still young. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, he might just take it and run with it. Who knows? He could. Yeah. I mean, well, at this point, uh, <laughs> Cardinals need something. Cardinals need something because Michaelis ain't it. He ain't you know, doing it. No, no. I, I think that's. I think that's that's a very even trade. I think it worked for both sides. Yeah. Number two for me, I'm going to go with with CJ Cron. Uh, mm-hmm. Arguably, uh, the last two seasons uh, in Colorado, he's been their best player. Which is why I, I would say, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that that that's saying something because you know, Cardinal or the the Rockies, yeah, they suck. Uh, he's an all, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's an all-star last year, always getting, you know, the last couple of seasons, 92 RBIs, 102 RBIs, 28 and 29 home runs respectively. So, uh, the, the Rockies, they need prospects because this team sucks. I mean, let's, let's be honest. It, it's a, it's a sunken ship, what they have on the field right now. I still do not know why Chris Bryant signed with this team and see what, what he saw in this team. I, I, I don't get it. Because there, it, it's not it, you know. So I think that you know they need some prospects, build up the farm a little bit, so they can finally get some people out there and put a good product on the field. Uh, that being said, uh, I think that CJ Cron could head over to uh, the Minnesota Twins. They could do some mm. uh, some help at first base. Um, you know, the Central is up for grabs. You know, right now the Twins are in first place, but getting a, a bat like Cron in there uh, could, could be could be big to get them over the hump here into the uh, come playoff time. So yeah. CJ Cron to the Twins for their uh, number nine prospect, Jose Salas, uh, an infielder, 
number 11 prospect David Fespa, which is a pitcher, and uh, number 19 prospect uh, Jose Rodriguez. He's not going to command high-end prospects, top five, but, you know, uh, a top 10 prospects and some nice uh, middle-of-the-road prospects there I, I think would be uh, would be good, and then the Twins could get another bat into their lineups. Yeah, I think they yeah. put a lot of faith in that Jose Miranda who just didn't. He was a sleeper of mine coming into this yeah. year. I thought he'd be good. I, I know he was on your fantasy team. Yep. And yeah, and I dropped him like a bag of dirt. Yeah, he just not <laughs> he's just not hitting. And uh-uh. with Kirilov, Alexei Kirilov, yep. just not not in the lineup. And nope. it's been kind of wild. And not to say the twins suck. The twins are actually very good, but um yeah, I can see them giving I don't think they'll give up, you know, three top twenty prospects, but mm-hmm. I can definitely see them, but they have good prospects in their system. Right. So right. I could definitely see them being like, hey, take two top 20 yeah. guys yep. and maybe some no-name guy. Yep. And yep. obviously Colorado will eat it up because, right, because Colorado is fucking Colorado. <laughs> Got nothing right now. <laughs> but like I said, that tw- that your um, trade might work even just because it, it, it's kind of good for both teams because they yeah. get an instant power bat into their lineup, the Twins do, especially if they're going to make yep. a run. And yep. Colorado on the same end is like, we'll take all the prospects we'll in the world. Thank the, you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and plus, you know, we don't want to Minis- win. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota just has a tendency. A lot of their players don't have a tendency to stay healthy. Um, yeah. So, you know, Byron Buxton, the whole track record and all that. And CJ Cron, you know, the last two seasons, he's played 142 games, 150 games. So uh, you, you take out his season in Detroit where he fractured his leg. Uh, the guys, you know, have been, uh, you know, playing over, over, you know, 120 games a year. So, um, yeah, I think I think it'd be it'd be something cool to see. Would I go to Bavada and bet on it? I don't think so. No, but, uh, it, no. It, it, it it's it's definitely something to think about. So, uh, what are you looking at for uh, for your second scenario here? Speaking of Bavada, there's only yeah. the Bavada doesn't really favor the Braves or the White Sox, which is interesting. <laughs> and for my next trade, I I think to get better, this this yeah. is actually a fun trade. I think this trade it could actually go down just because. Okay it suits both teams and both kind of could come out on top. So we're going Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. I think the Chicago white Sox are going to do a half rebuild before fully realizing they got to blow the whole motherfucker up. But (laughs) they're, but I know, but the white Sox they put so much work into rebuilding this team and it's just not working, but they don't know that yet. So, um, well, they don't, they, I mean, they clearly don't. So Tim Anderson is going to, they're going to, hold him out there for any possible suitor and who's going to come, but the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. I think the Atlanta Braves, they need a shortstop after Dansby Swanson left. I right. think that he would be an immediate impact on that team up the middle. Cause they're still missing that up the middle game. Yeah. Uh, yep. They, I mean, Ozzy Albee's great, but they just don't have much of a shortstop. I mean, they have that Orlando Arkea, Arcia. Uh, yeah. I mean, before he went to the he's journeyman, Mike, Let's right, right. I mean, <laughs> before he went to the IL, he was, eh. I mean, I remember, I think they traded for him. And he just yeah. was never that he from Milwaukee. He just, I don't yep. know. I was just never that big of a fan. But so uh, Tim Anderson goes to the Braves for a very good depth guy who could totally start on any other team. Von Grissom. Ooh, okay. Yep. Okay. There and, and I don't think Chicago will get greedy because Tim Anderson's going to be turning 30 soon. So you can't really do your number one or number two prospects, right? Yeah. I mean, it's for at that point, you kind of got to look at it like, okay, what's realistic. It's kind of like right. when Detroit traded Justin Verlander, they knew if Justin Verlander was three to four to five years younger, they could have got the number one prospect oh, in, yeah. in Houston's organization in 2017, yep. but they knew that wasn't realistic. So they ended up being, okay, let's do at least a top five guy. So I think yeah. Tim Anderson and to the Braves. 
And then not develop them. Um, <laughs> Tim Anderson to the Braves for Von Grissom. And then number three prospect, J.R. JR Ritchie, who okay. I, I'm a big fan of J.R. Ritchie. Now, this guy is 19 years old. I, I think at this point, I, I, I would love for them to get Jared Schuster or Owen Murphy. But Schuster is 24. And I, I don't think, and while he will be ready, I don't think, the, I think Chicago wants a guy that they can have under team control a little bit longer and a guy that will be a, a couple two to two to three years away, maybe two years right. away. And I think that's J.R. Richie. Good right-handed uh pitcher from the top. I mean, the dude has a devastating fastball, a great slider. I'm a big fan of his slider. I think he's one of the best sliders of all of all the prospects. And then mm-hmm. they would uh, also pick up uh uh Braden uh Shoemake. Shoemake, okay. uh, another shortstop who I remember when he was drafted a few years ago, they ended up getting him in the 2019 draft. And this guy has a great hit tool, just finds a way to get on base all the time. A very kind of profiles as like a Brendan Donovan guy, uh, like a taller Brendan Donovan, very tall shortstop, uh, a guy who has great reach, uh, not only in the field, but on the plate and uh, all, but he's very good in the field as well. So Brandon Shoemaker who's their number six prospect. And then they're going to go outside the top 10 with their number 11th, Victor Vodnik, another right-handed pitcher, another right-handed prospect pitcher. And, I was thinking Dylan Dodd and some of those, but Victor Vodnik is still 23, still young enough. I think by the time these pieces can formulate for the White Sox, these guys will be in their mid 20s, uh, with the exception of J.R. Richie, Richie, who will be maybe around 22, 23 when he gets to the pros. So, but one thing I noticed that they need the the White Sox, they need an influx of better pitching in their in their system. And yes. you're gonna, you know, they're gonna do that in the draft this year. So they're gonna try oh, to yeah. try to address that. So I think this is a win-win trade, right? I mean, you get Tom Tim Anderson, too, yeah. who is a star, and he yep. goes to the Braves, who provides instant production for the Atlanta Braves, and then the Braves give back a, a good haul of Von Grissom, who could play right now. So the White Sox aren't really losing anything in the infield in terms of a, a really good player, and then they also pick up a, a, a trio of really top-notch. Two top ten prospects and one outside top ten prospect. Three top twenty prospects. Nice. I, I like it. I think it's definitely a uh, a win for both sides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a a great trade and uh, yeah. makes one of the more realistic trades that we could potentially see for the yeah for the summer. But now the big now one. is the main attraction. Yes. The main attraction, Steve. <laughs> if Shohei Otani yeah. were to be traded because the Atlanta or the uh, the Los Angeles Angels suck ass. Yeah, Bavada's like, we don't believe you any anymore. Don't vote. <laughs> don't come and bid on our site for this shit. But say <laughs> they say Bavada's right and is like, hey, the Angels aren't it, man. <laughs> and yep. Shohei yeah. yep. will be traded. Who's he going to and for what, Steve? Man, so you and I talked before the show, and I think we both agree on this that uh, if uh, if Otani is going to go anywhere, it's most likely going to be a sign and trade. Because you're not gonna, uh, he's not gonna go and be a rental for someone. You're not gonna back up the prospect, uh, prospect bus here and unload a bunch of prospects for someone that's gonna be around for four or five months. You know, yeah. So it's gotta be someone that you know, you know, a team that you know is gonna stick around uh, long term. Is gonna sign an extension, or he's gonna sign and then and then you trade him off as uh, as part of the uh, deal here. Right. Me, I'm going. Uh, I'm going inside the division. Okay, oh. I'm gonna go uh, Seattle Mariners. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Mariners, you know, they just recently lost Robbie Ray, uh, season ending mm-hmm. surgery. Uh, so they need pitching and they need some help with the, with the bats here. Could use some DH oh, yeah. help. So, uh, uh, who could be one person that could be a bat and a pitcher for you? Huh. 
How about Otani? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Seattle's got the new, you know, they, they have the Ichiro connection there. Uh, so it could, it could just be a, uh, a good fit there. So, but they're going to have to, uh, going to have to back up the bus here for it. Uh, so Seattle, uh, will have to give up. Uh, I, I say their number two prospect here, Bryce Miller, who's actually making his debut as we're doing the show tonight. Uh, he's making his debut with the Mariners season debut here with the Mariners. Tonight. It's cold. Um, yeah, I actually picked him. I picked him up in fantasy. So we'll see. We'll see how he does tonight. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah. And, uh, so number two prospect, uh, Bryce Miller, uh, you're going to need to go up your number four prospect, uh, feeling Celestin. Uh, he is, uh, he is a shortstop. So, uh, you know, we got infield help there. Uh, you're going to have to go up your number six prospect, uh, Brian Wu, uh, who's mm. a pitcher. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to uh, have to give up your seventh, uh, number seven prospect, uh, Gabriel Gonzalez. Uh, he's an outfielder. Uh, and you're also going to, have to go up your number 16 prospect, Cade Marlowe. Uh, Cade Marlowe is a uh, is an outfielder as well. So you're going to pitching help, outfield help, and some infielders help replenish and restock that uh, that farm system to uh, help make the Angels better. So uh, was it four four top ten uh, prospects there, and uh, then one you know middle of the pack there. So no, you don't. No, do you you don't think a sign and trade for this? Oh, I'm thinking it has to be. It would have to be a, a sign and trade, or know that Otani is going to sign an extension with you uh, right. at the end of the season, because yeah. there's no way that you'd give up four top ten prospects for someone that'd be around for four or five months. Right, and on the flip side of that, you can't also expect the Mar or the, not just the Mariners, but the Los Angeles Angels to be get nothing for him, right? I mean, exactly. even if they get a top one, top five guy, that's not good enough for Oshoei Otani. No, I would no, be, a, I would be that dick like that. Right. Yeah. I would be that dick. If I was a GM, be like, no, I'll fucking just ride it out for the season. And he leaves us. Yep. Fuck it. Yep. Maybe give exactly. him a, try to give him a competitive offer later, you know? Yeah, exactly. So would I, would I go uh, on Bavada, make a bet that he would go to Seattle? No. Yeah. I don't think, it, I don't think it would happen, but. It's intriguing. I think it'd be uh you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to definitely put Seattle back in contention for for World Series and could make them right up there for favorites uh, if you're a betting man. I yeah. So. I totally agree. I totally agree, so. Steve. I mean, I think uh I think that's a, a solid trade, especially the prospect hall he would get back. I mean, these mm -hmm. uh, and Seattle makes sense, right? Because they have a Japanese owner. Mm -hmm. Uh I think out of all major league teams, Japan loves Seattle. And that was because Ichiro, uh, Ichiro paved yep. the way. Yep. So, I, I and it makes sense. And remember, I don't know. It's been a while, but I don't know if you remember this. Remember when Shohei Otani had a short list of teams he wanted to go to? Mm -hmm. On that list was Seattle. Seattle. So, yep, yep. Uh, I mean, that just makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. So. Where are you looking at as a potential landing spot for uh, Shohei Otani? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pull any punches. I think he, I don't know what if he likes the big lights and big mm -hmm. crowds or what. I'm, I'm guessing he does. Yeah, but I'm going. His interpreter probably does. No, interpreter's living that goddamn life. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think this is more the, uh, this team wanting to win now and being desperate than anything, and that's the New York Mets. Yeah. Okay. I, it would be easy for me to say the Yankees, and honestly. Yeah. If the Yankees shit the bed this year, as they're kind of shitting the bed right now, yeah, you could see a whole different team. They would keep Judge, of course, 
but a whole he new was, manager. Oh, whole new man. <laughs> Brett Boone gone. Uh, guy Carlos Stanton gone. Yep. I mean, it would just completely overhaul that team. Yep. And I think that would be their pitch for Otani. Like, hey, look at you between you and Judge. You can Judge. leave this team. Yep. But I think in the long run, though, the Mets are just that at asshole. They're they're that <laughs> asshole that will come yeah. in and give the world for Shohei Otani, and yep. rightfully so. And you can see the moves were kind of leading up to this, just the big moves they made in the offseason and during the season last year with Max Scherzer, obviously right. acquiring Justin Verlander, and some of the big signings that they've had since then. But it's not going to be cheap, right? Um, yeah. You'd have to do a sign-in trade, or a trade-in sign or whatever, and you got to guarantee that Shohei Otani will sign with you, and you're going to give him yep. the boss. The fact is, you're not paying... Pete Alonso, Shohei Otani money. You're not even paying (laughs) Jeff McNeil or Francisco Lindor Shohei Otani money. By this time, I think you're going to get an idea whether Scherzer and Verlander will stay long-term because they're kind of short-term guys. So I don't think they'll stay long-term. So anyways, I I think in the long run, uh, and remember Billy Epler, who runs the franchise now, he used to be a GM for the Angels. Oh, yeah. Yep. And who were in the, he was part of a big reason why Shohei came. He was yep. in those conversations. So I think he pulls off the same move here. And this, it won't be cheap for the Mets. Now, so, um, on the theory that they do a sign in trade, uh, the Angels would get in return, or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Mets will give the Angels in return. The Angels will give the Mets Shohei Otani and their number 10 prospect, Kyron Paris. Ooh, Kyron Paris is not really a hit first guy, but he's another fielding guy with hitting potential, right? So I think that will open them up to get that last prospect that they want to get from the Mets, okay. um, especially within the top 10. So uh, the Mets will give up their number two prospect, Brett Batty. Okay who fills an immediate need at third and um, and or outfield for them. They're going to give up their number three prospect, catching prospect, Kevin uh, Parada. Well, now I know you have Logan O'Hop, and that's great. He's going to have surgery or something. something. He's he's gone for a while. But but you can find another position for one of them. And there's this great thing called DH. You're not (laughs) DHing Shohei anymore. So you can easily, in the long term, Parada or Logan O'Hop play DH. But anyways, they give up number two pro- or number three prospect, Kevin O'Hop. Number four prospect, Alex Ramirez, is a good outfielder, good hitting outfielder. He's only 20 years old and he's just getting better all the time. But um his hit tool or his hit tool is could be a little bit better, but the power is just mm-hmm. off the charts good. And then also their number seventh prospect, right-handed pitcher, Blade Tidwell. I'm a big fan of Blade Tidwell. I remember when they got him from Tennessee. I just, uh, he was the leader of that rotation, a good guy, and is number seven. Uh, number eight, Mark Ventos, v- Ventos, I think it's Ventos, uh, who can play uh, first base and third base. And of course, they'll give Tyler McGill their back end starter right now yep. to the Angels. That's a huge haul. So Shohei Otani and Kyron haul. Paris to the Mets for number two prospect, Brett Batty, number three prospect, Kevin Parada, number four prospect, Alex Ramirez, number seven prospect, Blake Tidwell, number Eight prospect Mark uh, Ventos and Tyler McGill. And Steve, it won't be easy for the for the Angels to do this, but it's they can see it happening. I can see it too. Wouldn't that be cool? Back to back summers of massive blockbusters like that. You had Soto last summer, right? And you can have Otani this summer. Yeah. And then I'm I'm bricked up. I'm bricked up right now. 
I'm bricked up right now. (laughs) Yeah, it it would be a dope trade. But to me, the reason why I picked the Mets is just because I I think they think they have a realistic shot and they're so desperate to win. Yeah. That they they would would do that. They'd pay extra to uh, to, to make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. First, I thought maybe, you know, go over someone like San Diego, but San Diego pretty much gave up all their prospects to get Juan Soto. So what will they have left to give? Steve, I, I considered San Diego, but the only reason, the only way that that trade would work is if yeah. you give up uh, Fernando Tatis. Yeah, I was going to say, yep, yep. And that way the yeah. trade would be more even. Yep. I'd say yeah. Fernando Tatis and a Blake Snell. Okay. So Simple. Like some of their already developed uh, players, yeah. Yep. yep. Just, yep. A, just a swap, basically. Yep. And that's you know that's where that conversation begins but you can guarantee that san diego would shut that down so oh yeah like, um you know we'll give you blake snell though that guy fucking sucks <laughs> yeah but who's gonna who's gonna want to pay half a billion dollars for no, this guy? Exactly. that's what it's all gonna come to steve yep, it's gonna pay it who wants a half a billion? a billion and that's why i think the mets are or, i'm sorry the dodgers are gearing up i think the dodgers oh, yeah. are yeah, they have that quiet off season here just to yeah. get ready for the sweepstakes sweepstakes coming up this off season yeah yep yeah i agree so i agree it's definitely something to uh something to think about here. Absolutely. Yeah. Shall we uh, head on over to the fantasy factory? Let's do it. We got any so, uh got any questions this week? We do. So hey, uh, we have our right. first true Q and A of the season, and okay. it comes from Brad Hollister out of Independence, Kansas. Okay. Uh, Steve, he asks you, what prospects looking to be promoted to the bigs should I be looking at putting in my NA slots? in yahoo fantasy right now man all right that's that's a great question uh looking at a couple um i would say uh one to keep an eye on would be uh connor norby for for the orioles um you know we got gunner up right now Gunner's not doing so so hot i think you still have gunner yeah (laughs) i mean hold on to him with the hope he gets fucking better but um you know he's off to a uh you know, he's off to a fairly hot start, so he might be one. Connor Norby might be one to to pick up and kind of stash away. Another one would be uh, the pitcher uh, Bradley for the Rays. I have him on my team. He's one of those that'll come up for a couple of starts. They'll send him back down for a bit. Come up for a couple of starts, send him back down. Um, but when he comes up, he does very well. Uh, strikes out a lot. Very low ERA. So that'd be someone that you think about uh, picking up and also stashing away. And Another person we dog on the A's, I would say, is uh, Tyler Soderstrom, uh, mm. first base uh, catcher uh, prospect there uh, for for the A's. Yeah. Um, right now, you know, the A's have what Jesus Aguilar and Ryan Noda at first base, and you know they they they're not yeah. the best. And we already talked about Brent Rooker. You mean superstar <laughs> Brent Rooker? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, superstar Brent Rooker. But but Soderstrom, he's off to a, a you know fairly good start. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, in the, in the minors, so he might be one to pick up and, and, and stow away. So those are just like three, three people I was thinking of that would be uh be nice little uh, prospects. They'll most likely, hopefully, knock on wood debut at some point here in 2023. Bradley already has for the Rays, but Soderstrom and Norby are are definitely potentials as well. So yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, that would be uh that'd be that'd be mine right there. So uh, is it starter sit time? Steve, it is starter sit time. All right, well, let's uh, let's cue the music. Let's get this going. All right, so uh, starting off, starter sit, Brendan Donovan or Jeff McNeil at second base? Go McNeil. Uh, Ty France or Jake Cronenworth? Cronenworth. George Springer or Dalton Varsho? George Springer. Matt Freeman. I'm sorry. 
Matt Freddie Freeman. Free- Matt Freeman. <laughs> Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson? Ah, Freddie Freeman. Matt Olson again or Vlad Jr.? Vlad Jr. Nick Senzel or Kyle Schwarber? Uh, give me Nick Senzel. Uh, that was a recent pickup for you. Uh, Might, it, it very well is. See if he stays uh, healthy this time. Um, Alec yeah, Baum. Probably won't. Alec Baum. <laughs> Alec Baum or Matt Chapman? Alec Baum. Alec Baum again or Alex Bregman? Bregman. Bryce Harper or Alex Verdugo? Bryce Harper making his debut here. Uh, you know what? Give me Bryce Harper. Labor Torres or J.P. Crawford? Crawford. Wow. Crawford's been cheeks this season. Huh? Well, you know what? <laughs> so is Torres. Hot take. <laughs> um, Raphael Devers or Nolan Arenado? Devers. Tim Anderson or Dansby Swanson? Still give me Swanson. Ooh, okay. Yeah, uh, Jorge Soler or <laughs> the man who doesn't try very much, Lou Bob? I mean, both these are fucking bad. Uh, give me, give me uh, Soler. Yeah, Soler's pretty sucking too. So yeah. Uh, Joey Gallo or James Outman? Outman. Hey, Joey Gallo's defense—he is having a pretty good year so far. Uh, is he though? Yeah. No, <laughs> Brandon Marsh or Tyler O'Neill? Uh Marsh. Gabriel Marino or Kybert Ruiz, catcher? Uh, Ruiz. Max Muncy or Louis, Luis? How do you say How do you say his name? Arise. Arez? Arise. Uh, and I might be wrong. I, I, I would I say Arez, but I always feel like I get it wrong. And I've seen people yeah. say it like two different ways. So <laughs> uh, either way, give me uh, Arise. Okay. Uh, Connor Joe or J.D. Davis, first base? J.D. Davis. Did you just drop Connor Joe? I just dropped Connor Joe. Yeah, it was a hard one, but he doesn't drive in a lot of runs, I've noticed. Gets on base, just can't drive in runs. Um, Mar- uh, Mauricio Dubon or G1 Bay? And this G1 Bay is freaking fast. He is fast. Yeah, yeah give, me, give me G1 Bay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dubon's doing good, you know, hitting yeah. the ball all the time. But yeah, G1 Bay, man. If you need steals, get that guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon or Joey Manessis? McCutcheon. What do we have for waiver wire? Uh, looking at the waiver wire for this week, uh, three people that I was looking at that you could consider picking up. Uh, one would be someone we just talked about earlier. If you could stay healthy, Nick Senzel. Uh, he's up 25% in Yahoo leagues. I actually did just recently pick him up. Once he gets injured, he'll be gone for my team. But uh, last week he did hit 591 with three home runs and nine RBIs. Uh, second is uh, Bryce Miller. Uh, he's making his season debut uh, here for Seattle uh, tonight. Uh, Tuesday night here is we're recording the show. Uh, plus 16 in Yahoo leagues. Uh, like I said, making his debut. So people have prospect fever and picking up Bryce Miller, and I'm actually one of them too. Uh, third would be Isak Paredes, uh, up 15% in Yahoo leagues. He hit 391 last week with a homer and seven RBIs. I had him on my team a few weeks ago, and I believe you recently picked him up, right? Right, Mike? I did, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So those are the uh, three people that I'm looking at on the waiver wire for this week. Moise. Wow. Shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? It's that time again. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Up for me this week is Mookie Betts. Oh, up, get a Mook. Yeah, yeah. Up uh, $26.65. That's a 129.56% increase. Market price sits a whopping $47.22. It is 2020 Tops Heritage number uh, 493, which is the action variation. Is 2014 Topps Chrome rookie card. 
and his 2021 Tops Project 7089, the Snoop Dogg version. And his top okay. Project 70, a lot of Tops Project 70 cards are just flying, dude. They're yeah. doing so good. Um, down for me is random, but uh, Catfish Hunter. Ooh, speaking of the A's. Uh, yeah. yeah. Down $16.61. That's about a 43.80% decrease. Market price right oh, now sits sh- around still pretty high, $21.31. Some cards you can get on the cheap right now are 74 tops, the 79 tops, number 679, and his 65 tops rookie card, 526. So it has uh, Leishman, Odom, and Lockwood on it as well. Okay. Uh, up for me this week, uh, making his debut uh, this week, would be Bryce Harper. He's up four dollars twenty cents, or twenty three point nine percent increase to a market value of twenty one dollars and seventy two cents. Up cards include his twenty twenty tops Chrome Gold Wave number fifty and his two thousand twelve Panini Prism Rookie card number one fifty two. Down for me this week is well, it's Tim Anderson. <laughs> uh, he's down a buck eighty five or seventeen dollars sixty two percent decrease to a market value of eight dollars and sixty five cents. Uh, down cards for him includes 2016 Topps Update Rookie, number US287, and it's 2022 Nini Mosaic, WW-5. So we uh, get the candles out, celebrate a birthday? Uh, let's do it. All right. Say a uh, happy heavenly birthday to Hall of Famer Eddie Collins, born on May the 2nd of 1887. Uh, Eddie had a career 333 average, 3,315 hits. 47 home runs, 1,300 career RBIs, 745 stolen bases. Larry played a majority of his career with the Philadelphia Athletics. Uh, then he went over and played with the Chicago White Sox for a uh, good chunk of time, then finished out his career again with the Philadelphia Athletics. He was also a manager, player, player, uh, coach manager there with the White Sox in 24 to 26. Career highlights include being a six-time World Series champion, AL MVP in 1914, four-time AL stolen base leader, uh, part of the Philadelphia Baseball Wall of Fame, Athletic uh, uh, Athletics Hall of Fame, and the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame because he was a Red Sox GM after mm. his uh, playing career, helped uh, turn that franchise around, uh, get them into the World Series there in the uh, 40s. Elected to the Hall of Fame in 1939 on his fourth ballot. Uh, trivia about him. He is the only non-Yankee to win five or more World Series titles with the same club as a player. Oh, wow. About that, yeah. Usually, it's always the Yankee players that get that, but Eddie Collins is uh, the only non-Yankee to do it with this time with the Philadelphia Athletics. Wow! So yeah, uh, happy birthday to Eddie Collins. That's a fucking show. Yeah, that is a show. <laughs> a long show. That's a long show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Be a friend, tell a friend. If you have any questions, like your good old friend Brad Hollister, there. Uh, yes. Then uh, DM me at Michael J. Dalt or uh, at Stephen dot Ford. Oh, two. Correct. Huh. <laughs> Raise awesome. the eyebrow. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, we will catch you guys all next week. Have a good one. Deuces. Deuces.